0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First and Orange podcast brought to you by Sports Illustrated Sportsbook, SI Sportsbook.com. This is Denver Post Sports writer Kyle Newman, alongside my comrade Ryan O'Halloran out here in Dove Valley, ahead of the Broncos week 12 home showdown against the Chargers. First of five divisional games left on the slate for the Broncos as they are five and five heading into this game against the six and four Chargers. We'll be talking injury updates. Some recent contracts sold out to some wideouts you might know. Bi-week self-scouting. What is the number one offensive and defensive thing that stood out about the Chargers and predictions and more analysis? So, Ryan, let's start off with the quick injury report. Kareem Jackson, the neck shoulder issue as coach Vic Fangio described he is not practicing again on Wednesday and didn't practice Monday as well he said his status for Sunday might be in doubt
1: yeah and I'm trying it feels like they played the Eagles three weeks ago um he got hurt on a tackle I thought it was a stinger and it may have been a stinger uh cream came out of the game for a couple of plays then went back in and finished the game as you said he didn't practice uh didn't practice Monday and in, in, is not going to practice on Wednesday. Caden Stearns, hell of an opportunity for the rookie. I think he's your starting safety next year alongside Justin Simmons. And I think where, where the Broncos were smart throughout the season is they played Stearns in the dime package, so he's been on the field. He's communicated with Simmons. He has adapted to the speed of the game. So when he, if he does have to play regular safety on Sunday against the Chargers, it won't be totally foreign to him. And by the time he gets his bearings, he's given up two touchdowns. So Jackson, obviously uh, not practicing. Garrett Bulls, the left tackle. He hasn't returned to practice yet because of the ankle. Now he's on the COVID list. Uh, he's vaccinated, so he needs, he needs two negative tests. But what we, what we found out this year is for vaccinated players who get it, you're missing them a minimum of a game.
0: Right. It's not you're not just gonna test negative yeah. for two straight days, a couple days after testing positive. And then
1: and then have enough practice time to be available. So So you know, Calvin Anderson Calvin once to Calvin Anderson and then Bobby Massey will be limited with the ankle, it'd be him or Cam Fleming. So um so that's the injury stuff. There's a bunch of other guys that, you know, should should be able to go, but coming out of a bye week there it probably is in good a shape as you can hope.
0: First Orange Podcast brought to you by Sports Illustrated Sportsbook, sisportsbook.com. Let's take a listen in from our sponsor.
2: Nothing else in the world can hold a candle to sports. It's why true fans actually cry when their team loses a close one. And why we channel the memory of a goldfish to believe again before the next game. Teams can be beaten, but true fans are invincible. At Sports Illustrated Sportsbook, we get that, all of it, because we love sports too. We also happen to have the knowledge that comes from working alongside more athletes and coaches than any other sports book on the planet. We understand the game, not just the spread. So we made the sports book only Sports Illustrated could deliver. Sports Illustrated Sportsbook, the sports book by sports people. Download the SI Sportsbook app today. New players. When you bet $10, get $50 in free bets. New players only. Players must be over 21 located in Colorado. Qualifying bet $10 or more. Minimum odds minus $150. Free bet tokens credited after bet is settled and expire after seven days. Free bet stakes not included in winnings. Promo expires 12-31-21. Full terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Again,
0: folks, this is the First snorch podcast brought to you by Sports Illustrated Sportsbook, SISportsbook.com, and on Twitter, at SIBetting. Give them a follow. Great new Player in the sports gambling space, and we'll be talking some lines later in the show. But for now, the topic of the week here in Broncos country: coming off the buy, Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton both re upping here in Denver. Patrick on a three-year deal, Cortland Sutton on a four-year deal. What does this deal mean for the Broncos, and what is what kind of message is George Payton trying to send to this team? Uh, you know, coming on top of the uh, deals for Harris and Justin Simmons back in the yeah.
1: spring. one of George Payton's. You know, key talking points is to retain your talent. And, you know, the Broncos don't have a lot of talent to retain, but he's been proactive. Shelby Harris' deal, uh, you hope, you know, Harris continues to play like he has recently where he's picked up his pass rush. Simmons is obviously having another four interceptions or something like that, so another, you know, good year. In terms of the both receivers at the same time, I, uh, to me I just found it interesting because you don't see it a lot. I thought I thought Tim Patrick's deal. I thought he was going to be the more likely guy to get done in season because, as an undrafted free agent, he hasn't made a ton of money. He's found a comfort zone here with the Broncos, so I think he would say, "Hey, I want to take what's there right now." The Sutton thing was a little more surprising, both in, in terms of uh, money, you know, what 15 million a year, and also uh, the timing of it happened a couple days after 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 Patrick. You know, people say, Oh, well, what do you think of the money? Tim Patrick probably would have gotten more than three and thirty on the open market because teams at Cap Space would have said, Hey, he's a reliable player. He's big and physical. He's sort of a bulldog. Was overpaid to get him in our in our building. But he chose the immediate security. The Sutton deal, I mean, what it mean? they probably would have dabbled with the franchise tag, which could have been nineteen million dollars, which is a lump sum on the cap. Um, so you know, if you're Sutton, you're coming off five catches over your last three games. You get this kind of contract. Now it's time to take your game to the next level. And you know what's what jumped out once I, once I was able to get the numbers on Tuesday was it's not backloaded, uh, which I think was smart on the Broncos part. Yes, the cap is going to go up when the new television deal starts in 2023, but you're not looking at like a $2 million this year and then $20 million in two years. So I think it was constructed in a good way. You know, the Patrick thing, he's probably going to be able to play those three years. And Sutton, so most of that guaranteed money is in the first uh, three years of that deal as well. So um, I don't think it limits their spending a lot next year because I just don't think they have – There's. The, the, I don't think their needs match up with free agency. <clears throat> Quarterback. So – Second part of that is, and I'll be long-winded here, is George Payton can deny it or not say it, but hey, these moves are to make themselves look attractive to a veteran quarterback via trade. Hey, this is what we got in place. This is what the contract situation is. Come join our team. So I think that was the secondary motive and because every time you do a deal like this, it is with the long game in mind.
0: First Orange Podcast brought to you by Sports Illustrated Trade Sportsbook, SI Sportsbook.com on Twitter at SIBetting. So looking forward here, but first let's look back. By week self-scouting, of course, this is a good time for the Broncos to, you know, take a little R and R, heal up for some from some injuries, some bumps and bruises, but also critically assess how they've played through through the first roller coaster 10 games. They said at five and five, obviously coming off a upset loss to Philadelphia at home a couple weeks ago. And we kind of pop quiz these guys on the podium today and on Monday, Coach Fangio as well, with you, Ryan. Hey, what was the number one thing that stood out to you offensively and defensively about this team through 10 games, especially with a lot left to play for with all the division in flux you know, through the first 10, 11, 12 yeah, weeks? Yeah, I'll start
1: off with defense. And you know, Vic said it out, uh, he's got to stop the run better. Um, you know, Philadelphia's running on everybody, but that means – you still have to defend it. Uh, so the tackling, you know, the inside linebacker plays got to be better. Tackling's got to be better at all levels. And if I'm a, a Broncos opponent, I test the defensive line, and I say, Hey, can you run it? You know, key guy coming back. I'll tee up on Mike Purcell. You talked to him uh, before practice on Wednesday. You know, he's coming back from that thumb. He's played what one game. Um, you know, what
0: what were some of his comments? So he had a broken right thumb in two places that occurred in the final series of that Cleveland loss in week seven, stayed in the game, finished the game. But as soon as he was walking back into the tunnel, he knew, "Uh Oh, something's going on. Of course it came back broken and uh, he's played one game with the big old cast on the right hand And he'll probably play – he'll play at least one more this Sunday against the Chargers, reassess for the Sunday night football game against the Chiefs coming up after that. But, uh, you know, he's acclimating to it. But he says, hey, you know, this defensive front, me, Draymond, Shelby Harris, we've we've been good at times. We've been inconsistent at times. They know kind of an onus is on them to step up their play entering these last seven games, especially in the run department, just like you said.
1: Yeah, and the other thing on defense – they got that create some takeaways. I mean, Justin Simmons has four; there are six interceptions.
0: Couple garbage time interceptions. Yeah. though.
1: come on. <laughs> I mean, it, well, Vic points that out when he wins, so he should point that out when they lose, right? Um, Pat Sertan has the only interception among Bronco corners this year. Um, Caden Stearns has a, has two, but he's a safety, even though he may have been playing a corner type role on those plays. So they got to be able to get their hands on the football a little bit more. You know, they got to be able to get some strip sacks. I feel like they're building up Bradley Chubb too much because he just hasn't played a lot. And And he's had so
0: many issues with the ankles and just getting back into it. I mean, I would not bank on Bradley Chubb. Yeah, and
1: I think anything you get from Chubb this year, and I don't expect him to play this week.
0: He returned to practice this week. Yeah,
1: and so usually that's a one or two week deal. Is anything you get from him over the last six weeks is a bonus. And that's not a knock on Bradley. That's just a fact of life. When you've only played 19 snaps in four months, you've had two surgeries. Uh, over the last six months, that that's the reality. But you know, you mentioned the self scouts thing on offense. They got a they got a bunch of issues.
0: Yeah, a bunch of issues. How much time do we got here?
1: <laughs> a one minute synopsis. Go. All right. Uh, well, they stink on third down because they stink on first down. They stink in the red zone because they stink on first down. They are committed to a fifty fifty run split between Gordon and Williams. Disagree with that. They have not yet got Noah Fant going. Maybe that's, they've tried everything. I would maybe prioritize Albert O a little bit at tight end. He had that 64-yard catch against the Eagles. Um, we mentioned Sutton. you you got to get, get him going because his numbers have plummeted since Jerry Judy came back. There's obviously a connection there. So Jerry Judy right now, to me, is wide receiver one. You have to treat him as such and give him the touches as such. But um, to summarize talking points on offense, is they've be able to stay on the field on third down and put yourself in manageable situations. Going into this week, they are second in the league in terms of second down yards to go, which is like 8.9, considering that you usually start first and 10. That means you stink on first down. So
0: 1.1 yard uh first down not going to do it.
1: Well, yeah, and it's it's a sort of a funky little percentage there because you face first and 15s and first and 20s. Right. So they're around the same area on first down, but um I I need to see more from Teddy Bridgewater. They clearly do not want to go to Drew Locke. Teddy's got to start pushing the football down the field a little bit. To me, he looks like he's a little bit in that Case Keenum zone from three years ago where, as John Elway said, he was afraid to throw an interception. That means you're not taking chances. It means you're not pushing the ball down the field. It means you're not throwing in the tight windows, which is what the NFL is made of. So I think this is a big game uh, for Teddy. And uh, coming up on Sunday to say, hey, I've, you know, I've moved on from not giving a tackle effort on that play against the Eagles, and I'm ready to lead
0: this team in the stretch run. First Orange Podcast brought to you by Sports Illustrated Sportsbook, sisportsbook.com, and on Twitter at SI Sports Illustrated has been bringing fans deeper into sports since 1954. That's over 65 years of sports insights and knowledge and six years before there was pro football here in Denver. While other sportsbooks know gaming, SI Sportsbook knows the game. It's betting built the combination of actual sports knowledge and true sports passion. It's a sportsbook for real sports fans because it's made by real sports fans. And it's a perfect time to get your bet in on the game. All the Week 12 action right now at sisportsbook.com. And we will go over those lines, of course, starting with the Broncos and Chargers game Chargers minus three favorites on the road and over under 47.5 point total. What do you like about both of those or dislike?
1: I like the over because I think the Chargers are going to score some points. And I like the Chargers to, to win and cover that spread. What was it, two and a half? Three points. Three points. So I think they're going to win and cover. I think they're the better team right now. They have the better, by far the better quarterback. And uh, I, I think this is going to be, this will be a crippling loss for the Broncos.
0: We'll go more into those predictions at the tail end of the show, looking around the league at some other lines via sisportsbook.com. Titans plus six and a half at the Patriots and Rams minus one and a half at the Packers. Let's start off with the Titans. Big underdogs at the Patriots. Titans coming off a disappointing loss.
1: Big underdogs and a surprising underdog. Six and a half points feels like a lot, but coming off that loss against Houston, um, is that what it is? Six and a half? Six and a half. Okay. I think Patriots are rolling right now at home. Um, I think they win and they cover because I got them winning by a touchdown. I think that's the game of the week.
0: And Rams minus one and a half at the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers dealing with what he says, COVID toe. We won't go into well, that. Well,
1: as we're taping this, he says, I was kidding. Well, of course you were. Who would believe that? Oh, that's right. Aggregators. Hey, we, we must put that up. Um But I think the Packers are going to flex their muscles. I think the Rams are going to get to Green Bay on Thanksgiving weekend and say, what are we doing here? Um, Last time we saw the Rams, they got their butt whooped at San Francisco. So I think Green Bay is going to win, and they're going to cover that easily.
0: And then Colts playing at home with an MVP contender at running back. And they're hosting the Buccaneers, who are favored minus three. Buccaneers coming off a uh, win over the Giants on Monday Night Football. The sleep, the sleepy Giants, who just didn't even show up to another game. Yeah, the Giants are terrible.
1: Uh, this is a tough one to me because the Bucs are so up and down. I mean, Tom Brady played Monday Night's game against the Giants like in a four-quarter rage. I can't imagine how much he was just pounding his teammates verbally during practice that week after two straight losses. So I think the Bucks go on the road and they do win. Uh, but you mentioned Jonathan Taylor. If the Colts do win and, and he has a great game, then he enters that MVP conversation because they'll be seven and five, and he'll be leading the league in rushing. Um, so, but I think the Bucks are going to win that game and they will. What's the spread? Minus three. I think they're going to cover that because I think they're going to win by a touchdown.
0: And then one final one in the AFC: Browns on the road at the Ravens. Browns plus three and a half underdogs to Baltimore.
1: Lamar Jackson practiced on on Wednesday. So, okay, let's assume he's going to play after missing the Chicago game, which they barely beat the Bears. So, I think the Ravens are going to win that. Baker Mayfield's is is banged up, and he's not throwing it well. Uh, I think the Browns are starting to going to start a little bit of a slide here. So I got the Ravens uh, winning that game and covering that spread.
0: And this is the First Orange podcast brought to you by Sports Illustrated Sportsbook, Sportsbook.com. If you've tried other apps, you need to try SI Sportsbook and get the true fan experience. Sports Illustrated Sportsbook, the sportsbook that wrote the book on sports. So closing the show here with some commentary on the Chargers and then, of course, some predictions. Now, we mentioned the offense led by Justin Herbert. Obviously, humming on all cylinders for most of the season. We saw it last season, the flashes. So, Broncos defense has a tall task uh, in front of them. And then also, on the other side of the ball, Chargers defense, they are getting gashed last in the league, giving up 145.1 yards a game. But the secondary is pretty decent. They're top-five unit. So, some contradiction there. How do the Broncos exploit that on Sunday, Ryan?
1: Well, if I'm the Broncos, the game plan is simple. The Chargers cannot stop the run. I mean, the only reason Pittsburgh only had 55 yards rushing on Sunday night is they didn't try and run it. They threw it. So I go Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, two tight ends, see if you can run it, see if you can keep the ball out of this powerful Charger offense's mitts. Uh, So, you know, Justin Herbert, he's going to be a problem for this team, just like Patrick Mahomes is going to be a problem for this team for the next decade. He's that good at quarterback for L.A. Austin Eckler, terrific running back, catching, receiving. Mike uh, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Jared Cook, a lot of weapons. On defense, you got to be aware of both, so he leads the team in sacks. Sort of uneventful against Pittsburgh when I watched them, but they'll move them all over the place. Three-point stance, four-point stance, stand up. Here's the thing for the Broncos as a passing team. If Chris Harris plays outside, which he might because Asante Samuel had a concussion the other night, I would go right after Chris because he's a much better nickel corner than an outside corner at this stage of his career. So I would see if he's up for it.
0: I would challenge him. Mentioned Eckler, of course, and Eaton high school, Western state product and having a pretty good season coming off a couple touchdown game for the chargers. And then, Chargers coach Brandon Staley, you've mentioned this before on the podcast and, of course, written about it in Plethora at DenverPost.com slash Broncos, but a connection to Coach Vic Fangio and, of course, an ex-Broncos coach himself.
1: Yeah, I think Brandon's done a nice job as a first-year coach. I mean, it's sort of a meteoric rise. You know, two years in Chicago with Vic, one year in Denver with Vic, then one year as a Rams defensive coordinator, and then he gets the Chargers head job. So, you know, all about energy. You know, he runs Vic's scheme with some – with some some of his own wrinkles to account for his personnel, but uh, I think he, he was a I think he was very respected by guys like Von Miller and Bradley Chubb here in 2019, and uh, so he'll be bringing the Chargers in. I'm sure Vic will see a lot of similarities in the way the Chargers play defense.
0: Final thing on the First Orange podcast brought to you by SI Sportsbook, SI Sportsbook.com predictions, and we mentioned it when we were going over the gambling segment. Ryan, you like the Chargers. I also like the Chargers. I got them twenty-seven seventeen, and that'll just about stick a fork in the Broncos season with six games remaining. What about you?
1: Yeah, I got the Chargers winning as well. I, I'll go thirty-one twenty-seven. 27 sort of a high-scoring game, which we haven't had a lot of. Maybe that means they'll be entertaining, but this will be a big, big big loss for the Broncos because they'll be going then to Kansas City. I don't know if you've heard it, It's a Sunday night game. Got flexed. Uh, <laughs> it'll be 5-6 uh, and, and they'll be in trouble because they haven't beat the Chiefs in 5-6 years. So. And Chiefs are rolling after and stumbling the, early. And the Chiefs are now rolling. So, uh, so But here's the other flip side. If the Broncos can find a way to win at home against the Chargers. That buys them three weeks because the Chiefs game you're playing with house money so then you come home for Cincinnati, Detroit see if you can go into the last three division games at eight and six then maybe things are in your hands a little bit but so this one this one is critical
0: hope on life support in broncos country we can extend it here like ryan said for a few more weeks of course we'll be monitoring at denverpost.com slash broncos this has been the first orange podcast brought to you by sports illustrated sportsbook sisportsbook.com appreciate you listening in to today's show and until next time folks take it easy